This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hi, this is Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast. You're listening to episode two of our special vegan theme series. In this episode, I chat to Olive nutritionist Kerry Torrens, who answers some common health questions around pursuing a vegan diet, including how you can eat vegan and still ensure you're getting all the nutrients you need. This episode, I'm talking to Carrie Torrens. Now, Carrie's a qualified nutritionist with postgraduate diploma in personalized nutrition and nutritional therapy, and she's got almost two decades of experience in the industry and spent many years working with Olive Magazine and our sister magazine, BBC Good Food. So she's brilliantly placed um, for this episode. Thanks for coming, Carrie. Thank you. It makes me sound old, doesn't it? Almost two decades. <laughs> it makes you sound very wise and <laughs> experienced. Um, and today we're talking about um, adopting a healthy vegan diet, trying to give you some practical tips, because we realise there's a lot of confusing info around the benefits of a vegan diet. Um, so we're going to try and look at how you can eat vegan and still ensure you're getting all the nutrients you need. Um, the first question I've got for you, Kerry, is, um, and it's a big question, is why is there so much conflicting info out there about vegan being healthy, not healthy? Why is vegan not always synonymous with healthy, I guess? Okay. Well, I think we need to look at the core principle of a vegan diet and lifestyle, and that is to avoid cruelty and exploitation of animals wherever practical. So um, that's the core principle, but there are aspects of a vegan diet, such as being a plant-focused diet, that can be really beneficial for our health. We know that there's numerous studies out there that suggest plant-focused diets reduce the risk of heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and some forms of cancer. 
And also with a vegan diet, it can address some of the um, general weaknesses in our UK diet. For example, most of us don't get enough um, fibre. And also, um, we're not eating enough of our five a day. We also tend to be eating too much saturated fat. And obviously, as a vegan, you, tend, you do achieve mainly your five a day and some more. You tend to eat quite a lot of fibre, which is really good, not just um, for the digestive system, but also for our gut microbiota. So those good, friendly gut that live, um, good, friendly bacteria that live in the gut. And also it's lower in fat generally. So there's lots of plus points with a vegan diet, but it does need some planning and um, some consideration about the variety of the foods that you include. Okay. And why why do you think that um, there's kind of information out there where people are saying it's not it's not that healthy? Is that because of you know people maybe adopting it as a a method of I guess you know cutting out various things in their diet or they adopting it in a different way? Yes, I think so. Over the last five years, a vegan diet has become twice as popular. I mean, it's it's hugely popular. And with that has come a mass production of convenience and fast foods, which are vegan. Um, they avoid animal products and therefore they're suitable for those on a vegan diet. But many of these are still high in fat, sugar, salt. So all the things that we should be avoiding when we're eating processed or junk foods. And many people, when they start out on their vegan journey, tend to rely on these um, because they're convenient, they're easy, they're complying with the diet, um, but they're not as good for you um, nutritionally and for your health. So I think that's a a big um, area that needs to be addressed if you do start on a vegan diet. Mm. I guess when you're replacing, though, you that there's probably some merit in having small amounts of, of, you know, a bit like we do in everyday life. There's, you know, we we obviously have a, a certain amount of processed food and that's fine as long as it's not kind of dominating your diet, as long as you're getting all of the, the other things in there as well. That's true. And with, with processing, it's not all bad because some of the fortified foods that vegans um, tend to rely on, such as fortified plant milks, spreads, breakfast cereals, they're processed, but they're good because they're contributing some of the nutrients that vegans tend to be low on. So I'm not saying avoid all processed foods. There's certainly a place for them. It's just avoiding some of those fast junk foods um, that can be easy to rely on, especially when you're starting out. I guess it's just, um, you know, being mindful of it and reading the packet like we do anyway in a, in a normal diet you know making sure that you know what you're kind of taking in and and getting the balance yeah um, that's a really good point actually because it's reading labels um yeah. for fat salt sugar etc but also understanding the ingredients um, yeah. because that's important when you're a vegan as well yeah so talking about getting the balance right could you describe um say for 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 dinner one night what what your kind of ideal plate which would give us like a, a round nutritional meal you know a meal that would sort of cover most of our nutritional meats like within within reason obviously okay. yeah. <laughs> well first of all I'd say if you're starting on a vegan journey the first reference point should be the vegan eat well guide and you can find that at the vegan society's website and this gives you a really good outline of all the main food groups you should consider 
Plus, um, it also gives you an idea about how fortified foods and supplements fit into that um, balanced diet. So that's a good reference point. From an easy everyday point of view, what I like to do is I like to think of the plate and divide it up. So 50%, so half of your plate should be fruit and vegetables. And that's going to be things like green leafy vegetables, tomatoes, avocado, broccoli, cauliflower, those sorts of vegetables. Then the next half you want to divide and a quarter will be protein foods. And ideal proteins for veg uh, for vegans are beans, peas, lentils, tofu, nuts, seeds, all those sorts of things. So that's your protein. And then the final quarter is going to be your carbohydrates. And typically we say choose whole grain carbohydrates. So that's going to be whole grain wheat, whole grain rice, oats, starchy vegetables such as potatoes um, and then you can go for the whole grain pastas and things like that so that's your overall plate now within that you might think okay I've got my protein I've got my carbs where's my fat well the fat will come in in a couple of places because this is interesting with a vegan diet is that protein sources for example aren't just protein they're nutrient-dense sources so they're going to be giving you carbohydrates and fats as well. So your nuts and seeds that I've put in protein, that's going to be giving you some of the, the fats. Avocado that's in your vegetable section, that's going to be giving you some of the fats. But I'd also say you should then drizzle um, your veggies or your salad or whatever with a good oil. And for a, veg uh, for a vegan, the, the really good option would be something like flaxseed oil because it gives you um, what we call short chain omega-3s. And these are the really beneficial, essential fats that we need to get from the diet. And I'd also say when you're cooking, think about using cold pressed rapeseed oil. And the reason I say this is not because olive oil, I'm downplaying olive oil. Olive oil is amazing. Extra virgin olive oil is full of polyphenols, really beneficial. But the good thing about cold-pressed rapeseed for a vegan is that it contains 10 times the amount of omega-3 essential fats. And that's a really key thing in a vegan diet. So certainly cooking with a cold-pressed rapeseed. And we've got some great UK manufacturers of rapeseed oil. Um, so it will cut down on your food miles as well. Um, and I think that would give you a good um, sort of basis on, what to, on how to plan your meals. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Whenever you, you hear about the vegan diet, people seemed seemed obsessed with protein and getting yeah. the right mm -hmm. amount of protein. I mean, what you've described there is protein is a quarter of your diet, so it shouldn't really dominate your your thinking, I guess. But but why do people get so hung up on that? Yeah, I think we've changed the way we we look at plant protein. So um, typically. When I first started nutrition, my nutrition studies, we used to talk about um, plant proteins being incomplete proteins. So that meant that they didn't contain all of the essential nine amino acids, which are the little building blocks in proteins that we need um, to build muscle, repair cells, that sort of thing. Um, we now know that actually plant proteins do contain um, these amino acids, not to huge amounts that you might see in um, something like animal produce, but they still provide um, a wide variety of amino acids. 
Now, there may be some amino acids that are limited, and, and the one that springs to mind is, is an amino acid called lysine. But by varying what you're eating, you should be covering your amino acid requirements. Um, and when I say varying them, I'm saying like also spread your protein through the day. So make sure you're getting some protein with breakfast, some protein with lunch, some protein with dinner, and choose a variety. Some really good vegan options would be quinoa, which we tend to think of as a grain, but it's really a seed. And that's a complete um, source of, of vegan protein. Also contains some other really beneficial nutrients. Buckwheat is another really useful protein for vegans. And then, of course, there's soya. So tofu, um, tempeh, all the different forms of soya. And then you've got your beans, your pulses, your nuts and seeds. And that would give you a good spread of protein um, through the day. Also, actually, it's important to say with protein, it's important that you're eating enough calories in your diet. Because if you're not getting enough fat and carbohydrate, the body will use protein as a source of energy. So as long as you're getting sufficient calories and you're balancing out your protein through the day, then you, most vegans should be absolutely fine. Stay tuned for more great health and nutrition advice from Kerry. Given that, when when do we start looking at things like, um, you know, it, obviously we're in the mid midst of winter at the minute. I'm I'm taking vitamin D, I'm taking iron, um, I'm taking magnesium for sleep, and I, and I'm I'm not vegan, um, so I'm 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 trying to supplement, you know, things that I feel are missing in my diet. When what are the touch points that like vegans should be looking for? When, when when do they need to bring supplements into their diet if they feel like they're not getting what they need from whole foods? Okay, that's a really good point. So there's some key considerations for vegans. Now with vitamin D, we are advised by the government that we should consider taking a vitamin D supplement through the autumn winter months. And that's typically from October through to the end of March. Um, about 10 micrograms is, is the recommendation. Now, for vegans, there's an extra consideration, and that is that they need to look at the type of vitamin D because not all vitamin D supplements are vegan-friendly, and that's because they're derived from animal sources. So um, vitamin D, for a vegan, they should be looking for vitamin D3, ideally, from a lichen source uh, rather than um, a typical animal-derived source. Now, vitamin D comes in two forms. You have vitamin D2, which is your plant form, and vitamin D3, which is more of an animal form. And D3 is felt to be more effective at raising the blood levels of vitamin, uh, vitamin D3, rather, is thought to be uh, better at raising the blood levels of vitamin D. So it, it does pay to, to get a vegan-friendly vitamin D3. Some useful tips for um, the diet and for um, in the summer months, April to September. First of all, when we do get sunlight, which is how we tend to produce vitamin D, the action of sun on the skin, whenever the sun is at a height that your shadow is shorter than your height, then that's ideal for making vitamin D. So exposing some of your skin at that point would be really beneficial. And then in terms of plant forms of vitamin D, there aren't many, but mushrooms can be. And typically what I tend to do, if I'm going to cook with mushrooms, 
I take them out and I put them on the counter during the peak of the day in direct sunlight. And that helps them to produce vitamin D2, which is the plant form. So exposing your mushrooms. Well, they're still going. (laughs) You mean they're they're still, even though they've been cut, they're still. Yeah, absolutely. Exposing them to UV light for at least 20 minutes will help them produce vitamin D2. You can also buy some that actually say they've been exposed to UV light and therefore are more likely to have vitamin D. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) But that's a really good way of of helping to top up your vitamin D. Uh, Again, it's D2, so it's not quite as effective as D3, but every little helps. um, Then other um, nutrients, vitamin B12 is especially important for vegans. And that's because it's from animal sources that we we obtain our vitamin B12. Now, as a vegan, an ideal way of getting your B12 would be looking at these fortified foods. So things like plant milks, so soya milk, um, almond milk, oat milk, all of these, if you look for the fortified version, you should be getting some vitamin B12. And ideally, you'd want about two glasses of plant milk plus maybe a spoonful of fortified yeast flakes. And these are the sort of cheesy, um, savoury yeast, yeah. Yeah, that you can sprinkle on on your main meals. And that will give you uh, vitamin B12. Now, some vegans um, actually prefer to supplement. And a daily supplement of about 10 micrograms of vitamin B12 would also be um, useful. So those are the options with B12. Um, other things to consider, you mentioned iron. Now, iron tends to be low in females. Uh, we know that from the National um, Nutrition Diet Surveys. And with iron, we need iron for energy, for our red blood cells. Um, so it is really important. And we tend to think of iron mainly from animal foods. And that's true. It does um, provide a source of really absorbable iron but vegans can get iron from plants as well and we tend to refer to this as non-heme iron so it's not quite as absorbable as the iron we might get from meat but good sources would be things like lentils um, even things like dried apricots are great sources of, of iron and if you combine a vitamin c food so say you put peppers in a lentil stew then you will be helping your body absorb that iron and accessing the iron. And there's another thought with, with iron for, for vegans. Because a lot of the foods that contain iron also contain a natural compound called phytate, that can inhibit how we absorb iron. So there's some sort of little kitchen tricks you can use here. And that's things like um, pre-soaking some of your vegetables. Um, this works particularly well with something like quinoa. Quinoa is a good source of protein, as we said, but also things like zinc as well. And if we soak our, pre- our quinoa before we use it, we can actually help reduce the phytate levels. Uh, fermenting is another option at reducing these levels that inhibit these minerals. And uh, germinating nuts and seeds can also help as well. Um, so that can be a beneficial thing. Um, Then other nutrients that can be um, important are calcium. Really good way of getting calcium is, again, these fortified plant milks um, because they are fortified at the same level as cow's milk would be. So doing a a straight swap 
um, for, for plant milk will help you get calcium. And then other things that are really useful for calcium are things like green leafy vegetables. And a really good one is that superfood, raw foods, which is kale, um, because it's low in something called oxalate. And oxalate interferes with our calcium absorption as well. So because it's, it's low in oxalate, it's actually better than spinach for things like iron and, and calcium. Yeah, so that's a good option. Um, so yeah, I think those are the main ones, really. There are some others, such as um, there's a nutrient that doesn't get an awful lot of, of airtime, and it's called choline. And we get choline from things like egg yolks. And choline is really important for um, our memory, keeping our brain sharp, because it, it helps us produce a brain chemical called acetylcholine. But we can get choline in plant foods, um, things like peanuts, uh, are a good source of choline, soya, and even strawberries and broccoli. Wow. So, you know, as long as you <laughs> I think about being a vegan, it's about learning more about nutrition. Yeah. And a lot of vegans are so knowledgeable on where to get nutrients. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it sounds like I said before, I think we could we could almost do a whole episode on on vitamins and supplements and we probably should in the future because it's such a fascinating you know where to get them naturally and then when you might need to bring in the big guns from the yeah. chemist which is fine I mean I think what's what you're saying and what's what's important for people is we can't always whatever diet we're pursuing get everything we need from food all the time you know sometimes we might need a little bit of help you've been really kind and gone on <laughs> olivemagazine.com and found us some some great suggestions um for healthy breakfast lunches and dinners which are going to give you a lot of the nutrients that you've been talking about in a nice natural way mm -hmm. um so let, let's go through them. Okay, so what, what have we got for breakfast? So for breakfast, I've chosen um, an overnight oats. Nice. It's called coconut overnight oats. But what I would do with this one here, we, we've given a, a choice in the ingredients. You can either use a coconut milk or you can use an almond milk. I would go for something like an almond milk with this recipe and finish with my coconut flakes for that nice coconutty flavour. Um, an almond milk um, typically would be fortified. So look for your fortified version. And then you'll be guaranteeing that you'll be getting the calcium, vitamin B12, iodine if it's fortified with iodine, and potentially vitamin D as well. So that's a really good start to the morning. Then we've topped our um, overnight oats with pumpkin seeds and chia seeds. By doing this, we're topping up on protein. So that's really good. Um, we're also adding some of those omega-3 essential fats and we're adding um, minerals like zinc and iron. So that's a really useful thing. And oats themselves, they're a good whole grain, so they fit into our carbohydrate as, um, section of our plate. And they also provide zinc. So um, a really good uh, nutritious breakfast to start with. And then, as I say, you can finish perhaps with some berries or some coconut flakes. Probably a word to say on coconut is that it's one of the few plant sources of fat, which is high in saturated fat. It's mainly coconut and palm oil that are high in saturated fat. And obviously, we still need to keep an eye on, on our saturates. Um, so that's something to be mindful of. 
you can still enjoy coconut, um, coconut oil, coconut milk, coconut cream. So it adds a great creaminess and yeah. a lovely flavor. Richness. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it does help increase calories as well on a vegan yeah. diet. So Such it's just about being mindful of how much you're using. How much you're using. Can yeah. I ask you a question about oats? Because I'm, I, I've, I love porridge and I love overnight oats and I use it in smoothies and as well. So I've recently I've had two types. One is like a bog standard porridge oats, which is a a bit more broken up. Mm -hmm. And then the one I've got at the minute is uh, like rolled oats, like much more defined whole oats. Mm -hmm. Is is there benefits to both? Is one better than the other? Because I kind of like my normal porridge oats (laughs) better. (laughs) Well, um, the the whole oats, those ones that you're describing that really look yeah. chunky, um, obviously they are more nutritious because they're the, the whole, you know, the, the whole grain. They've been less processed. The other ones have been more processed, which makes them better if you're in a hurry. So if you're not doing your overnight oats and you want to quickly make up a porridge, then um, getting those more refined, more processed ones does help speed that up. Um, one thing with doing overnight oats is that you're also helping with the breakdown of those natural inhibitors that I was talking about. So you're you're making the porridge easier to digest. You're going to be accessing those minerals much easier. So it's a a really good little thing to do as well. But I would go for the whole chunky oats. That's what I choose. (laughs) Okay. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to our, our lunchtime treats, okay, which so is um, a lovely shredded veg and miso soup. Sounds gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, this this is lovely, this one. So it, it's got some really useful ingredients here. So we've got the quinoa. Um, now, quinoa is a, a complete protein. It has some omega-3 fats, so it's quite useful on that part. Um, good mineral content, so things like zinc. And it's a source of that nutrient that's, um, we were talking about choline, and choline is so important for keeping our brain sharp, and um, it's, it's really useful. And so quinoa can really help with that, and it's better actually; it's richer than rice. So um, choosing quinoa instead of rice is, is a good move. And then the miso is it adds that nice savoury, salty flavour, but it also is a source of zinc, so really useful, as well as things like manganese and copper. Um, so yeah so really good mineral dense um, additive there plus it's fermented and fermentation again makes nutrients more accessible to us but also good for feeding our our guts um, microbiota as well so that's good and then we've used up my all-time favorite kale in there which is a nice (laughs) nice low oxalate containing leafy green so it's full of calcium and magnesium interestingly enough so leafy greens are so important for magnesium which help our muscles relax and involved in so many different enzyme reactions in the body so another really nice recipe and it looks i mean you just look at the bowl it looks like a bowl of goodness in fact i I just want to dive into that right now i know Um. i would love that in my (laughs) kitchen right now ready for me to have a look um and then finally, onto our dinner. Um, what have you chosen for that? So I've chosen the Chinese-style purple sprouting mm. broccoli with tofu. Now, soya obviously is a complete protein, um, so really useful if you're vegans. When you're buying your tofu, tofu look for calcium-set tofu, and you'll see calcium on the ingredient list. 
that just means it's a good contributor of calcium to the diet. Obviously, it's a complete protein, and it's also a good source of polyunsaturated fats, so these healthier, heart-friendly, unsaturated fats. When I'm cooking my Chinese-style um, broccoli, I'll be using rapeseed oil, again, um, to boost my omega-3 um, intake. But you could use olive oil, or you could use um, an alternative, say something like sesame oil, but I will, I will use the rapeseed to boost omega-3. Broccoli is such a good vegetable. Again, it's the source of that underrated nutrient, choline. It's going to give you folate, so really important if you're um, looking to conceive. Also rich in calcium, it's a good calcium source, and uh, a source of vitamin C as well. So broccoli is a good all-rounder. Um, it also um, is really high in these compounds called sulforaphane, which are um, useful for anti-cancer. Um, now, we've kept the broccoli in this stir fry quite, quite chunky, but if you chop it up more finely, you actually create more of these protective compounds. Um, yeah, because the action of the chopping... It makes the enzyme that creates this um, really beneficial compound come into to play. So chopping it up and then keeping it to one side while you're preparing the rest of the dish and then adding it all mm. in and you'll have um, some nice anti-cancer compounds in there as well. So, so it's yeah. the chopping it and then leaving it for a little yeah. while. Yeah. It's so a bit like on mushrooms sitting in the sun. It's kind of chop it up and let it start doing whatever that magic thing it is. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, so quite often we think, oh, if we prepare something, we must quickly yeah. use it. But it doesn't always work that way. So, yeah. That's that's fantastic. I, I've learned so much today. This is brilliant. <laughs> um, that's brilliant, Kerry. And you can find all of those recipes on olivemagazine.com. Um, thank you so much for coming to chat to us, Kerry. It's been a real education. I think people are going to love this. But um, it's really great to see your face. And, oh, um, and you. thank you very much thanks for listening to the olive magazine podcast if you want to listen to the other episodes in this special vegan series or explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes you'll find us on all the main platforms and at our website olivemagazine.com where you'll also find tons of useful recipes and some great cooking advice